2: Well, if you missed Sunday's show, if you missed the field trip to the beach, too bad. Back in the lovely loft here today. I won't say what some people call it, but we're back here today. So last night, uh, yesterday, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but it was really hot here. Uh, A historic heat wave. Uh, They said it was going to be like 9,500 degrees, which means in this room right here, it was like 200 degrees. So I ended up doing a show out from the deck. And it wasn't too bad in the afternoon when you were doing the show. And then in the evening, it just got insufferably hot. But then at about uh, 1 o'clock a.m., all of a sudden there was a massive windstorm. So powerful it knocked the thing off the thing right here, the the, uh, shade or whatever you call it. Knocked it into the room. Probably got all these crazy sand fleas invading the room, spiders, God only knows what else. And all of a sudden it was cool. And it's about 62, 63 degrees right now. Oh, it's lovely. But I feel for all of the folks that uh, are stuck elsewhere in this country where it is not 63 degrees. In fact, uh, where Granny is right now, and thankfully she has an indoor air conditioner, uh, it was supposed to be 115 degrees today. But now they're saying, oh, everyone's lucking out. It's only going to be 105 degrees today. Which if you live in Washington State, where like 30% of the people have air conditioning. That's still really hot. But anyway, we are here, and we're going to do the program. And we got a lot to get into. Raw is tonight. I will not preview it. Why bother? But it is tonight. We will, however, talk about the AW show from Saturday night. The Smackdown show from uh, Friday night. We've got notes on the return of Samoa Joe. Uh, Tyler Breeze is uh, done. He's got some things to say about his career. And uh, Kevin Owens update and plenty of other stuff to get into. We'll take your feedback and a lot more. And as always, we shall kick it off after the break. So stick around, everybody. Back in a moment Wrestling Observer Live.
3: Three one eight hundred seven five four four five three one eight hundred seven five four four five three one. That's eight hundred seven five four forty five thirty one.
2: At twenty
4: eight, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for twelve years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day, I realized I was not invincible was not exempt and that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement they gave me the tools I needed to get sober and all it took was the one phone call
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian well, we are, I would say, back here on the show. But, in fact, we are not back here on the show. We are starting the show here today, Wrestling Observer Live. We had some technical issues there. So you guys missed the opening segment where, in fact, I didn't talk about anything. So, uh... Yeah, we got a lot to get into here today. I'm going to uh, delete this tweet live as we try to get this show back on the road and retweet the other one. We are live. So it happens, everybody, on live radio. Sometimes things happen. All right, so uh, we got a show here today. I'm flying solo as uh, Mike Sempervivi is uh, getting the day off here today. And of course, he chose an excellent day to take the day off because it is the day that we talk about Raw. Which means, I would bet you dollars to donuts, he didn't even watch Raw. And uh, the irony is, of all of the weeks to skip Raw, it actually wasn't a terrible show. There was some uh, stuff on the show that raises some question marks and uh, red flags. But at the end of the day, it had a 27-minute professional wrestling main event with Drew McIntyre and Riddle. And AJ Styles, and let me tell you what is not capable of being bad, a main event with those three men. And they had an excellent main event at the end of the day. Drew McIntyre won the match. He is now in Money in the Bank. And the biggest question that people have coming out of the show is, uh, where is AJ Styles? And the answer to that question is, I don't know where AJ Styles is. And in fact, I talked to a couple of people from the company yesterday and they don't know what the story is with Randy Orton because I know this will come as a surprise to uh, some of you, but the reality is that working for WWE doesn't necessarily mean that you know what's going on. I mean, we talk about this on a regular basis. The guy that writes the TV reviews for WWE.com, that guy doesn't know what's going on. The guy that does the uh, uh, social media, what matches are coming and going, and you know who's in what match or whatever, those guys don't know what's going on. I've been getting reports from my main man, Eddie, uh, the bloke in the Thunderdome that tells you who to boo and cheer. And as as I look at the report, it seems pretty clear that guy doesn't know what's going on. And I could tell you that if you are a person who is working for WWE, if you're in probably 80% of the roles in WWE, you also don't have any idea what's going on. So I could tell you that people knew that Randy wasn't there. Uh, But many of them had no idea why Randy Orton was not there. So I presume it was a personal situation with him. Lashley also was not there. uh, But they did announce a a Lashley match for next week. Randy Orton was still very much part of the show, even though he wasn't there. So I wish I could tell you more, but I could not. Now, before we get into the the Raw report, a very interesting story. I'm just going to read... What is on the front page of WrestlingObserver.com, and I'll tell you what more I know about it. Senior Vice President of Talent Development, Canyon Seaman, is still with WWE despite, despite our incorrect report earlier that he was no longer with the company. Dave Meltzer originally reported the news, and WWE reached out to confirm that it was not accurate. We apologize for the incorrect reporting. Additionally, Fightful reported Tuesday... Sanjay Dutt is no longer with WWE as a producer, choosing to leave on his own terms. He had been with WWE since January 2019. Meltzer said Dutt left the company two weeks ago. So Sanjay Dutt is gone. He opted to leave, as noted, a couple of weeks ago. I have no idea what his future holds. Very, very talented guy in the ring for many, many years. And if you've followed WWE, you know that the job... As an agent, the job as a producer is a very thankless job. I don't know what led to his departure, but he will be departing WWE, I would presume, at any time since it was uh, two weeks ago that he gave his notice. Canyon Seaman story. Very weird. So, yesterday, I could tell you that many people were essentially given the impression that Canyon Seaman was no longer with the company. It was a rumor that made its way out of the company. I could tell you for a fact that there were people within WWE that also were under the impression that Canyon Seaman was no longer with WWE. And then today, WWE noted that he is still with WWE. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how that rumor spread like such wildfire, if there was nothing to the rumor. But all I can tell you is right now, WWE says that he is still with the company. Vice President of Talent Development. He's been there since uh, 2012. I mean, it was far enough along with the company the people within the company were talking about, what does it mean that Canyon Seaman is no longer here? Who is going to replace him? What does this mean for all of these? I mean, it was a talked about discussion point. And now, today, there's word that he is not finished with the company. So I don't know what's going on. I can only tell you what I know, and that's what I know. So, as they say, sometimes where there is smoke, there's fire, and sometimes there's not. So I guess we'll uh, follow the story over the next couple of days. Also, Vince McMahon is reportedly visiting the WWE Performance Center. This is from the front page of WrestlingObserver.com. He is heading there this week to scout talent. Fightful Select reports McMahon will visit the Performance Center, Thursday being the likely date. I have been told that uh, they are vastly increasing security at the Performance Center now that word is out that Vince McMahon is going there because I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but there have been... Uh, there have been incidents around the Performance Center with individuals that have required excess security over the last few years. So Vince is going there on Thursday, and uh, there was a lot of talk uh, internally in WWE about this one as well. Uh, a lot of jokes about how, man, you guys better be uh, you know getting your pump on, better be uh, putting those lifts in. Because whatever you want to say about what WWE is in 2021, Vince is in his mid-70s. And the reality is, you know, there have been some changes in WWE for various reasons over the decades. But at the end of the day, it is very difficult to teach an old dog new tricks. And you know how it is with Vince, more so now than ever. You guys have seen. Who has been called up from, from developmental? Has it been Adam Cole? Adam Cole. Has it been Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano? You actually saw some of these guys kind of half called up a couple of years ago when they did that. uh, They did the Survivor Series, and it was like NXT and Raw and SmackDown, and of course you uh, you know you saw the uh, you saw the Adam Cole's on the main roster, the Johnny Garganos, the uh, Tommaso Ciampa's. Well, next thing you know, they're all back down in developmental. And, uh, the fact of the matter is, who's been called up of late? Have they called up these guys? No. They have, uh, they've called up Omas. They've called up, uh, Commander Aziz. Uh, they've called up, uh, Shanky, Shankly, whatever his name is, although he disappeared off the face of the planet. It's all about giants. Vince wants young guys and he wants giant guys. Those are the people that are, uh, that are being called up to the main roster. So when Vince goes there in person, he's going to look around, and he's going to see who's big, who's young, and who's good-looking. That's what he's going to be looking for. So anyway, if you uh, don't check any of those boxes, uh, what's today? Uh, the 29th? you got uh, 24 hours to uh, find a way to try to really quickly get bigger and uh, taller and better looking. So that's my advice to all of you as Vince McMahon heads down there to... Uh, to NXT, Caring Cross. By the way, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Big uh, Scarlett, I don't know if you've uh, ever noticed. Uh, attractive. And then we've got uh, Bronson Reed, who is also big. Those guys have been getting tryouts on uh, WWE main event. Shotzi Blackheart got a tryout as well on uh, Raw last night. So that's the uh, that's the update. If you want to uh, get looked at, I mean, your chances over the next couple of days. We'll also have the uh, light-ups for uh, Wednesday's AEW, which is back on Wednesday. Tonight's NXT, which of course is on the USA Network. We'll do those when we come back from the break. Uh, we got SmackDown ratings here. We've got notes on uh, Ronda Rousey, Travis Brown, The Raw Report. Plenty more. We'll be taking your calls in the final segment of the show. We're back in business, everybody. Wrestling Observer Live.
3: That's 800-846-2153.
4: Do you own an annuity? Either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report,
3: both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Matthew. Uh, Oh,
0: sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me.
2: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
1: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them.
2: I hear you. And I know it's because you care. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back at the show, Brian Elvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. I'm Mike WrestlingObserver also WrestlingObserver.com. The Great Sports Byline USA, I am told, is getting brand new internet. I know Dom's excited about this. After the opening segment of this show, I'm very excited about this. So we'll see how that goes. I got a little bit of a scoop, too. It's not really a scoop, but it's more a... Uh, I'll have I'll have more details on the scoop later. It's more of a correction. So uh, last night at uh, midnight, it was really weird. I went over, and I was going to turn a light on here in this creepy loft, and I flipped the switch, but the lights went out. I was like, that was weird. What happened? And then, like, the lights were out. And... Uh, this is Cannon Beach, and it is extremely windy, like, all the time. The wind is howling all the time. Never, ever, not one time ever has the power gone out here. So it was really weird when the power went out. I started thinking, did I blow a fuse or something like that? So I look out the window, and there's no power anywhere. The power was actually out. I was like, what? So I I, up, it turns out, it was nothing I did. I did not knock out all the power in Cannon Beach. It was a uh, scheduled upgrade or something like that that they didn't tell anybody about. So I'm in the middle of watching Raw about to do Observer Radio. Boom, no power. So we did do the show last night. So then uh, normally I do two shows every Tuesday. And then I hear yesterday that uh, we're going to do a show tonight with Chris Jericho talking about his new book. So I go from two shows that I have to do to three now during the day. Well, then the power goes out, and now I've got to do four shows here today. So if you guys love audio, today's your lucky day. Anyway, we did Observer Radio this morning, and uh, on the show, Dave was talking about uh, BTE. And uh, to be fair, I have no earthly idea what he was talking about on the BTE report, but he was. But he did mention that one of the things on BTE is that uh, Don Callis has has – he's got a hand injury. And he said that they were doing some sort of uh, angle – and uh, Don Callis got his hand uh, slammed in a car door, and it was injured, and so his hands all taped up, and and they're doing this deal, bearing I guess Cutler or something like that. So anyway, uh, as it turns out, now that the show is over, I have been alerted that in fact, it was a work. Don Callis's hand is not injured, but there is in fact more to the story. And I'll get more to the story later on, and I guess I could probably tell you about it tomorrow. But uh, just so you know, that's two corrections now we are issuing over the last uh, uh, 24 hours here. But Don Callis is not injured. So, uh, let's get to the Raw report here. And then we'll take your phone calls and your et cetera's after the break. Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville open up the show. They announce that Randy Orton is... Not able to compete tonight. No details. We don't know what's going on. But he will not be in the three-way main event. Remember yesterday, by the way, where I said, I'm not going to even preview the Raw show. Because every time I preview it, no matter what I preview, something that they announce doesn't happen. So it's a disservice to you, the listener, for me to preview the show and make you watch it and then something doesn't happen. This one, I do believe... Uh, probably was out of their hands. I think that there was something where Randy Orton couldn't make it to the show. That's why everything was rebooked. I don't think this was a purposeful announcement and then uh, not deliver it. But anyway, he's not there. So Riddle shows up and he's got a letter. And the letter says that Randy wants Riddle to take his place tonight. Of course, the letter's clearly written by Riddle. Sonya and, and Adam Pierce are like, I don't know about this. But finally, Sonya just says, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea. So Riddle replaces Randy Orton in the main event of Raw. And so Riddle spends the entire time. Actually, he doesn't yet. He's he's gonna he's gonna they have a battle royal coming up where the winner will be in the main event. And so Riddle's gonna enter the battle royal. If he wins, then he will replace Randy Orton. And if he wins, Randy Orton gets the spot in Money in the Bank. If it sounds complicated. It actually made sense, and it was uh, it was better than I have explained it. I will say that much. So they do the Battle Royal. It's the usual Battle Royal. Um, largely a bunch of geeks, with the exception of uh, Damian Priest is in there, and Jeff Hardy, and the Viking Raiders, although they get eliminated by Omos. He yanks them out of the ring. And uh, finally it comes down to Riddle and Damian Priest at the end. Riddle eliminates him, and so Riddle... Playing the role of Randy Orton goes to the main event to fight in the second-chance match three-way. So, uh, there you go. We had a Nia, Reginald, Shayna segment. Alexa's creepily watching on. A lot less magic with Alexa Bliss of late, which is a positive. Although she is still able to hypnotize people, which is, I guess, something they can do when the live crowds are back. Uh, we had some segments with uh, Jackson Riker. Jackson Riker's backstage. He's hitting himself with a strap to get ready for a strap match. He's preparing for battle, he says. Because he's a, just a weird dude. We have uh, AJ and Almost doing a promo. Nikki Cross, who, by the way, Nikki Cross's new name, she's a superhero now, but she's not. Her new name is Nikki Ash. She is a... almost superhero a s h almost superhero nikki ash even though she's got a superhero outfit she's playing a superhero and she's winning all of her matches she's still not quite a uh, superhero i can see the uh, chat going crazy they're unaware of nikki ash i'm not making this up nikki ash a s h a superhero because now in 2021 you can't be a superhero in training So Nikki Cross faces Shayna Baszler. Alexa shows up. Hypnosis. Bunch of gobbledygook. And in the middle of this, there's a distraction, of course. And Nikki Ash rolls up and pins Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler has the most horrific record. And I think people notice, but I'm not sure, because they sort of kind of pretend like they're pushing her, but she never, ever ever wins matches. Well, she lost another one here. Kofi Kingston, MVP, have a face-to-face, which is excellent. Kofi Kingston is like, if I had a company, Kofi Kingston is like a perennial top guy, and uh, he would not have a fluky win and a fluky loss for my world title because this guy is a great, fantastic babyface. So he's going back and forth with MVP. It is announced that uh, next week on the show... They are doing Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley. If you're thinking I could have sworn I just saw that match, but you have you have forgotten because I wouldn't blame you. They did that match last week in Hell in a Cell, and Bobby Lashley obliterated, blitzed, and massacred Xavier Woods. They did a one-week injury angle, and now they're coming back for a one-on-one match. This, of course, you know, to help set up the uh, Lashley Kofi Kingston match for the pay-per-view. But I can't say enough good things about Kofi and uh, MVP. They were fantastic in this segment setting up next week's match. Eva Marie and Dewdrop are still together in a storyline. This is like, uh, you guys remember that Invasion that Vinny and Craig and I were uh, reviewing? And they shot like six to eight months worth of angles in one night when uh, ECW returned, and then they teamed up with WCW, and then they did all that whole rigmarole. Well, uh, this is a lower level than that, obviously, but they're already strongly doing the breakup of these two people. This led to, by the way, and if you're in the Twitch chat and you don't know what happened, buckle up because you're gonna get mad. Eva Marie and Dewdrop face Naomi and Oscar in a tag match. Dewdrop works the entire match, the entire two minute match, by the way, two minutes sixteen seconds. Dewdrop goes for a tag eva marie drops off the apron Dewdrop just stays in the ring and wins on her own when with a running high cross she just pins oscar of all people and then eva marie announces that she is the winner of this match yeah they couldn't pin naomi they pinned oscar who as much as you guys Talk about how they don't do anything with Asuka. They actually really protect Asuka if you actually go back and look at her win loss record. But boy, they did not protect her tonight. Pinned in the middle in two minutes by Dewdrop in basically a handicap match. We had a segment with Morrison, Miz, and Ricochet and the gun. And then John Morrison faces Ricochet. Another very good match in the ring. The finish is spectacular. John Morrison is sitting on the barricade, and Ricochet does a springboard high cross onto Morrison, knocking him over the barricade to the floor. Obviously, there was a crash pad there, but let me tell you something. Crash pad or not, Morrison fell and, like, landed right on his head with a guy on top of him, even onto a giant 8-inch or 16-inch or whatever. That's a brutal bump there. But uh, they both appeared to be alive, and uh, it was double count out, which... uh, is a screwy finish, but I'm not going to complain about it because I like this match a lot, and we're clearly going to get a uh, another one. I don't know how many inches it was, everybody, but they call it a porta pit, and it's like three feet, three feet of foam. I would presume they fell on one of those, but still, falling on that upside down on your head, no good. We had Charlotte, Natty, and Tamina versus Rhea, Mandy, and Dana. Don't bother trying to figure out who's a babyface and a heel. Rhea, Mandy, and Dana played the babyface role, even though Natty and Tamina have been babyfaces. Rhea's definitely a babyface, according to the guy in the Thunderdome. Charlotte's a heel, but uh, they do the match. Charlotte gets the pin, and then Rhea jumps her and chop blocks her from behind and runs off like a coward. We can talk more about this later if you want to. I'll finish the Raw report after the break, and we'll take your calls. Wrestling Observer Live.
0: Caller number four, Marcus, on the line. If he answers this question, he wins a new car. Let's do this. Okay, for a new car, name the only actor to appear in- And now a message from our sponsor. With 24-7 support and quick and easy claims, Progressive protects what matters most. Progressive.
1: Films all in the same year. Wait, sorry, I, I didn't hear the question. Three seconds, Marcus. Yeah, no, but there was an ad in the middle He didn't of- answer. Of that, but I didn't hear anything. Oh, so- Marcus, you dropped it in the dirt.
0: Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
3: So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. That's 800-918-4086. Paid for by the IPG Law Group.
4: Ron Barr here. Now that people are getting out and exercising more, I want to recommend Relief Factor to you. Relief Factor helps those exercise-related pains and general muscle aches and pains. Now, if you're going to be working in the garden, you're going to be using your hands a lot. And if your hands hurt, listen to what Julia Brown had to say about using Relief Factor.
3: I had pain in my hands that kept me from work and doing projects around the home. I heard about Relief Factor on the radio and began taking it, and it left me with pain-free hands again. I was able to do the things around the house that I enjoy doing. I'm so glad I found Relief Factor.
4: 100 million Americans suffer from ongoing pain due to aging, exercise, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living. Be sure to check out Relief Factor at relieffactor.com or give them a call at 800-500-8384. That's 800 500
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi is not joining us here today. He'll be back tomorrow. Got a lot to get into here today. I'm going to finish this Raw Report. If you want to give us a call, 844-913-2727. That is 844-913-2727. By the way, if you're a subscriber to anything that we do, it's a very big day today. I'm doing four shows today, which I think is a record. We had Observer Radio, which was up earlier this morning. This show, obviously. Myself and Dave are going to interview Chris Jericho later on tonight about Jericho's new book. And then uh, Brian and Vinny and Craig show, reviewing the Mick Foley A&E documentary. If you want to watch the Brian and Vinny and Craig show live, 9 Pacific, midnight Eastern tonight. Only for the top-tier subscribers on YouTube, video.f4wonline.com, the $9.99 here. Obviously, a big thank you to the Twitch homies here. And uh, I think someone wanted me to call the OGs, the audio subscribers, at WrestlingObserver.com. There's a million different ways to sign up, a million different options. So head to WrestlingObserver.com if you want to get info on all of those. And uh, back to this Raw report here. We had uh, Jackson Riker versus Elias. And Jackson Riker spent the entire show strapping himself in the back. All these people were walking by, and this guy's just hitting himself with his strap. All to have a three-minute match. And no, I did not want it to be one second longer. Riker hit him with the strap and hit a slam and beat him. Anyway, they mean Priest and Riddle are in the back. Priest tells Riddle, Orton is lucky to have you as a friend, and Riddle is, is touched by this. Then, of course, the main event of the show, Drew McIntyre, Riddle, and AJ Styles. They had a very, very good match. They took out McIntyre at one point, and then uh, Riddle and Styles did a bunch of stuff together. They were great. And then Riddle hits him. Or, uh, Styles hits Riddle with basically a burning hammer. McIntyre breaks that up. Riddle goes for a kick. He kicks the steel steps. He feels like he's broken his leg. They cart him to the back. Then we have McIntyre and Styles doing a bunch of spots. And then Riddle limps his way back out again. He hits the RKO on AJ Styles. But then, of course, Drew flies in with the claymore kick and gets the pin. Twenty-seven minutes of professional wrestling to end the show. It was uh, it was great, so I really like that match. Better Raw than usual. I know some of you like me to just come on here and bury Raw, but like, there's good stuff on Raw. I'm gonna tell you what to watch, and you should go watch that main event. You should watch the thing with Kofi Kingston MVP, and uh, the stuff with the Riddle was good on the show as well. So overall, a uh, a much better Raw show than usual. So uh, we're gonna go to the phones. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, Brian, what's up? What's going on?
4: Uh, I just saw on here that, like, a, yeah, the trademark for Nikki Ash is a real thing, but apparently they also have had a trademark for Happy Corbin. Like, so what are your thoughts on that?
2: <laughs> They've trademarked Happy Corbin?
4: Yeah,
2: so... I... Oh, there he goes. It was a delay, so I, I thought he wasn't going to say anything, so I... Dropped him off there, but uh, happy Corbin. Well, I was unaware of that, so uh, if it's not true, I apologize, everybody. If it is true, I'll take his word for it that it's true. Well, somebody came up with an idea for Baron Corbin. I mean, clearly they were going to do something with Baron Corbin because the uh, SmackDown show, uh, Baron Corbin loses his crown, and then they go backstage to him, and uh, he does this promo and he says you don't even know half of it. He claims that he lost—I forget exactly what it was—but it was like half his life, sa- half his investments, and all of his life savings. Which is like the other half of your investments wasn't part of your life savings. Anyway, it didn't make any sense. But like he's all depressed, and he wanders off. And uh, clearly, they're going to be doing something to uh, attempt to repackage Baron Corbin. Like I don't know. Funny, this Baron Corbin thing. It's like, uh, I've mentioned this a thousand times, but, you know, we got new listeners, clearly, all the time. They had a show on the WWE Network that was called WWE Breaking Ground. And uh, there were two things about Breaking Ground that I will never forget, okay? One of them was uh, Aaliyah. You guys know Aaliyah and NXT? She's been there for, like, God only knows how long. She's still stuck in NXT. And she's better, but, like, for years, I mean, she just looked hopeless, okay? And I was wrong. I thought she was hopeless, but, in fact, she's uh, she's better now. Probably good enough to be on the main roster, quite frankly. But the point is, everything about Aliyah on breaking ground was that uh, Aaliyah, was all concerned about her entrance nothing about her wrestling nothing about her in ring it was all her being concerned about what she was going to do for her entrance and i just remember watching it and i was like bro figure out how to work then worry about your entrance like right but anyway I I, I, just, I I i'll never forget that it was like it was all about what can we do for an entrance what do I get? That she was all disappointed that something was changed about her entrance, and I was like, "Dude, like anyway." Then there was Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin on breaking ground was like a, the best Baron Corbin that you've ever seen, and I'm I'm by the way I'm adding in what he first debuted in NXT. And his gimmick was that he beat everybody in like 30 seconds. And so he would go in there, and the fans would immediately start counting. And it was an over gimmick. It was like the most over he ever was, other than, um, I guess you could argue he was more over when he was doing main events on the main roster. But as far as I, people caring about Baron Corbin and wanting to see Baron Corbin and into his gimmick, it was his early gimmick uh, when he was NXT and people were counting. But anyway, Baron Corbin on breaking ground, was like the legitimate lone wolf. He was always by himself. He didn't want to hang out with these other geeks. He just wanted to go in there, and he wanted to train, and he wanted to get better. And, like, he was a great, compelling character. So they bring him up to the main roster, and they take away all of the things about him that we saw that were actually cool. Uh, The beating people in 30 seconds gimmick. They called him the lone wolf, but, you know, hes he ends up being Constable Corbin, and he takes all the heat for the dying ratings, and they blame him, and they give him this character that's all about heat, that, like, literally the character they give him, you're not supposed to want to see. And then, of course, like, the ratings are terrible, they blame him. And it was like, oh, my God. So the point of this is, if they can find a way to get this guy over again— Like, it's possible because I've seen him over and I've seen him compelling and I've seen him good, but never on the main roster. And I'm not sure if Happy Corbin is going to turn any of this around. So anyway, that was a lot of words about a phone call. Uh, But there you go. Let's go to the phones. Portsmouth, you're on the air. What's going on? Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, so two
4: questions. First, do you, um, has there been an update on Rich Holland's um, recovery, if he's coming back? Cause I was wondering if he might be somebody called up to the main roster. And also, is Nikki Cross's name changed? I mean, it seems obvious, but is, she, is her name changed because Carrie Cross is coming up and you can't have two Crosses on the main roster? I presume that's what's going on there.
2: I, I actually had not even thought of that, but uh, I want to thank you very much for the call. I mean that could be part of it. Now, one of the keys is they're spelled differently, so I don't know how militant Vince is going to be about having two crosses if one is spelled one way and one is spelled another way. But uh, my guess is that you're right because Caring Cross is doing the tryout matches on main event, and uh, Nikki Cross the same week. It's a new name. So uh, I would not be in the least bit surprised. I'm not reporting that, everybody, but I would not be surprised if that's one of the reasons that she got the new name. As far as Ridge Holland, uh, Ridge Holland is back at the Performance Center. Ridge Holland is training. Uh, If you've seen Ridge Holland, Vince is going to show up on Thursday. He's going to go, why isn't this guy called off? So uh, I would presume that uh, you might see Ridge Holland before a Johnny Gargano. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, or any of uh, a dozen individuals that probably should have been called up forever ago. This person says, you know how uh, how they said Drew can't challenge for Lashley's title? Here is how they will sneak out of it, he believes. Drew wins money in the bank, cashes in for a triple threat with Lashley and somebody else, The stipulation is he can't pin Lashley to win the title and must instead pin the third person. Lashley and the third person can pin whoever. Uh, This way they sneak into saying that Drew can't challenge Lashley directly, but instead challenge for the third person. Come on, you know, WWE would love this terrible idea. That's from Charlie. Bro, let me tell you something. If Drew McIntyre wins... money in the bank briefcase and the stipulation is that he cannot cash in on the other brand and given they don't screw all of this up in the draft you could do a lot of storylines with drew mcintyre having the briefcase and lashley being the champion and drew mcintyre cannot challenge lashley a lot of things that you could do now i've said this before I can come up with a billion bad ideas. That does not mean that uh, these ideas should be done. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can come up with a lot of terrible ideas to book wrestling. And uh, the funny thing is, like, other people can come up with terrible ideas, but they actually do them. Sometimes I'll joke about a stupid idea, but it actually would be a stupid idea. You can come up with clever ideas... With the storyline that Drew is the Money in the Bank holder and Lashley is the champion, you could also come up with many, many bad ideas. I do not want them to default to the stupid ideas. So we'll see what they end up doing. But yes, that's something they could do. There's a lot of uh, different wacky things you could do with that uh, scenario. And for all I know, I mean, Drew may end up winning the Money in the Bank briefcase because I would think that he would be a favorite. I mean, after what you did... With uh, Yeah, it's another one. People are mentioning Otis. You know what's funny with that uh, Otis finish right there? I did that finish in the Youth Wrestling Federation in 1995. I was doing a ladder match with the Psycho, and uh, the story was I think I got to the top, or maybe he did, but whoever got to the top got the briefcase and dropped it, and the other guy grabbed it, and so they ended up winning our ladder match. With well, that, actually, it was actually for a belt it was for the YWF title. He became the champion, even though I grabbed the belt first, or vice versa, whatever it was. But the point is, like, it was years before I saw them do that in any ladder match. And Otis ends up doing it with the Money in the Bank briefcase in 2020 of all things. Although their uh, gimmick was he was too fat, and so every time he tried to climb the steps of the ladder broke, and so he could never get up there. Which, by the way, I don't want to have PTSD about that Money in the Bank ladder match, but that was a clever thing they did, where a guy is in the Money in the Bank ladder match, and he tries to climb, but he's too fat, and the rungs break, and so now how's he going to win? Well, somebody else climbs and drops it, and he grabs it. Do you realize, everybody, I don't know if you remember this or not, but on the go-home show for that... Money in the Bank pay-per-view. They shot Otis climbing the ladder and the rungs breaking. They gave it away before the pay-per-view. Back in a moment of Observer Live.
3: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906, 800-338-6906, that's 800-338-6906, paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800 449 1759. 800 449 1759. Again, that's 800 449 1759.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline
2: Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Subravivi will return tomorrow. A couple of text messages here before we go. How can you forget the best NXT call-up, Rick Boogs? Oh, I didn't forget Rick Boogs. As I mentioned on the uh, Filthy Tom show, I'll make fun of WWE for a lot of things. A lot of things that seem so obvious that they don't do, and it's infuriating. But sometimes they do something that I never in a million years would have seen coming, and it's the right thing to do, and it's the best thing to do. And Nakamura, like, he's not going to be in the title picture. They've It's ran its course with him, I'm sure. Uh, they see him as a guy who's good, but, you know, Vince is. He's getting older, blah, 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 blah. Who in the world would have ever, if asked, what should we do with Nakamura, thought, Let's have Rick Boogs get called up from NXT, and he'll play his theme on an electric guitar. Who ever would have thought that? Who would have ever seen Rick Boogs and said, eh, what do we do with this guy in the main roster? And come up with, he's going to be Nakamura's manager. And he's going to play his song on the electric guitar, and they're going to be a duo. In a million years, I never would have come up with that. But it's the best thing they could have done with either guy right now. I love this pairing and nakamura is the champion oh man the greatest brian how's your investment in mjf coin yeah well we don't want to talk about that last i checked i haven't been checking regularly but i am still up but i'm not nearly as up as i was when i first bought that coin but you know what they say hold it's all about holding and so i'm gonna hold and uh, see what happens Guy's a heel. Right of time, everybody. We want to thank you all for listening here today. Two more shows coming up with me later on today. Jericho's going to be up talking his new book. Brian, Vinny, and Craig show live later on, midnight Eastern, nine Pacific. Video for the top tier YouTubers. We want to thank my Twitch homies, callers, and listeners, Mike, everybody in the studio that's getting new internet. We'll talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.